Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to episode 71 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And Pete Kasolnik's had an amazing year. Really excited to speak with him. He hit 10,000 miles in 2018. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be lucky if I hit 1,700 for the year. Um, I, I think I run fairly regularly, and I'm about to hit 5,000 for the past three years of running. So, man, 10,000, though. It's, it's really amazing to celebrate. I'm going to, for his 10,000 miles, I'm going to give away 10 Training for Ultra trucker hats. They're not even available for sale anymore. I have some leftovers, and I am going to give them away to the first 10 physical book pre-orders on trainingforultra.com. So after you order it, just message me, and your book will come with a Training for Ultra trucker hat just to celebrate Pete's big achievement. Really enjoyed speaking with him. He's a super talented athlete, just a nice dude. Hopefully I get to see him either at Leadville or Mohican or one of these events coming up and you'll likely hear from him again on the podcast just because I you know, enjoy speaking with him. So we're ending 2018. This is my season two. We're going to start season three. So the sponsorships might might change up here, but I did want to give one last one or two last shout outs to Hammer Nutrition. They've been with me since day one. They will They've actually signed on for title sponsorship in 2019, so excited for that. Big thank you to Sufferfest Beer, big supporter throughout 2018. Enjoyed a lot of their beers, enjoyed interacting with all of them, and and if you haven't tried them out and you live in Colorado or California, you know, it's excellent holiday gift, so definitely recommend that. And everything I recommend, I either, I, I use myself, whether it's during the race or celebrating after the race, so... Big thank you to Destination Trail. They've signed on for 2019. Really excited to work with Candace Burt and her team um, for the next year for Season 3. And lastly, Exoskin. Love their socks. Love their calf sleeves. If you haven't tried out their calf sleeves or their socks, base layers, just a really high-tech material, definitely worth a try in my opinion. I I really like them. I was skeptical at first, but I, I do really like them. Feel free to use my promo code for 20% off, T, the number 4U20, for 20% off. So big thank you to the Patreon supporters throughout the year. Hopefully next episode I'll be able to um, give you guys a little extra shout out as a thank you for the whole year. But enjoy this episode with Pete. I really enjoyed it. Don't forget, pre-orders are available on the website. They're also available on Amazon.com of my book, Training for Ultra, Ultra Running Stories from the Middle of the Pack. And again, to celebrate Pete's 10,000 miles, I will give away 10 trucker hats to the next 10 physical pre-orders on my website, trainingforultra.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. I'm joined here by Pete Kostalnik. He's fresh off a big 24-hour race along with running across the United States again. Um, Pete, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm just blown away. I mean... Sometimes we talk about 100 milers and then, you know, I'll have a guest on occasionally. We'll talk 200 milers. 
Now, with you, uh, we're, we're going to be talking, what, 3,000 milers and 5,000 milers today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I appreciate you taking the time, and ever since, what was it, the um, the death race, Palmer Lake death race, when I almost knocked you over, I had my hood up, wasn't paying attention, and I almost took the leader of the race out. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been watching you closely, though. I know you've you've had some pretty big wins over the years, and... It's just an honor to have you on. I wanted you to um, be able to give a shout-out to your sponsors real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm sponsored by Hoka, One One, and uh, Squirrel's Nut Butter. Um, I'm all about healthy feet, so they, they both uh, do that very well, and then some. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And and where are you, Pete? Are you um, – did I hear you're in Ohio? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I've been all over the Midwest lately. Um, wife and I now live in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, as of just several months ago. Okay. Yeah, it's um I think Burning River is right there along with uh you're probably not too far away from Mohican too. You got some some decent Midwest trails around you. Yeah, you know, if if this year works out well, I might do Mohican in June. So I'm I'm really excited about doing some local races here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, you've you've been on a few podcasts. Uh you've definitely been on local news and national news. And uh I wanted to focus in on the mental aspect of running with you for this episode. And I, I guess, you know, before we start, just for the listener's background, you've won Badwater twice, is that correct? Yep, yeah, uh, 2015 and 2016. And I, I believe you still hold the course record, is that right, too? Yep. And then you've, you've also um, run across the United States from a few different directions, which I think is just unbelievable. Um, I know you hold the current record, I believe. Is that right for, um, what is it going west to east? Is that yeah, correct? just yeah, just the general run across America record um, from San Francisco to to New York is usually the route people do. And you did in what was it forty two days? Yeah, forty two days, six hours, and thirty minutes. And so. I just I think it's amazing that you keep pushing your limits even when you've run out of real estate. You've um you know come up with a different way to almost double that mileage and and really push yourself. I mean, what what was some of the reasoning going into your latest um was it Juno to or Keys to Keys? I'm trying to recall. Yeah, yeah, Kenai, Alaska, um which is Really, I mean, mo- when most people talk about Kenai, Alaska, it's the peninsula um, that jets out to the into the um, Pacific Ocean south of Anchorage, and it's kind of like the they call a lot of people call it like the playground um, in Alaska because it's kind of where a lot of tourists go and a lot of Alaskans go for uh, you know like salmon fishing and all sorts of fun stuff, uh, ice climbing, hiking, and all sorts of cool um, excursions. But um, so yeah, it was from uh, the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. I started at Anchor Point, which is as far west as you can. It's as far west as you can go on um, continuous uh, U.S. highways, and um, so like if you wanted to do the, the longest road trip from west to, to south, that's kind of what I did. And then I I finished in Kenai, or sorry, Key West, Florida, at the southernmost point. Um, so it, it kind of you know it, it was more than just you know putting together a, a cool sounding slogan of Key to Key, unlocking my wildest dream, but it was. 
we can get nice. into that more later. <laughs> Is it trademarked? Or, no, I'm oh yeah, I, I really should. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, right? So, <laughs> if there was money involved. <laughs> I mean, so when I go into Ultra Sign Up and click on five thousand miler, this will show up. Is this going to become like an annual event? Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so you you ran across the United States. Was this two years ago? I'm trying to recall. Uh, when you set that record, uh, yeah, 42 day record. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the fall of 2016. So yeah, two, just over two years ago. I mean, so you completed that, which normally is like, okay, like I got my distance in, like I really, you know, pushed the envelope and I know you had, did you have some foot issues kind of early on in that and took a day off? Yeah. Mostly like ankle and shin area, like the interior tibula tendonitis and uh that and uh just you know honestly just being out in the sun all day in the desert um i got pretty sick as well so i was just my whole body was just shutting down on me (laughs) and so uh yeah i took a took a day off on day seven um but but yeah otherwise was doing pretty consistently 70 to 75 miles a day that's amazing um and so you completed that you mean there's never been a, a person on record to have I've done it that fast. Where where did you conjure up this this crazy idea to do, you know, an extra what was it two thousand miles? Yeah, yeah, uh, Kenai to Key West this uh, in 2018 um, was about five thousand four hundred miles. Wow. Okay. So and then uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, San Francisco, New York was a little just under like three thousand seventy miles. So I was basically adding about 2,300 miles um, with this run. So I was a little <laughs> nervous, Jeez. you know, just wondering, you know, because cause when I hit, when I was, I was really um, hurting pretty bad at the end of uh, the run across America in 2016, where, where I was at like, you know, what would have been like halfway um, on this run. So, yeah, you know, the, the idea was kind of... <laughs> There was, you know, I, um, on paper, everything went right to plan for running across America in 2016, but like, you know, I still felt like I've always been like my two biggest passions in life are for the longest time has been road trips. And then more recently, the last seven or eight years has been ultra running. And so, you know, when I heard that running across America was kind of a thing, (laughs) um, you know, I really wanted to do it. And then, you know, I, I felt like in 2015, 2016, I was, in the right shape to do, um, to go for the record. Um, but you know, when I finished the run across America in 2016, you know, I, you know, I, every, I got the record that I wanted, but, um, I didn't really enjoy the road trip aspect of it. So, um, you know, I went back to the drawing board of, you know, in 2017, I wanted to do another run across America, actually enjoy, you know, enjoy it, but also challenge myself at the same time. And I came to the conclusion, the only way to challenge myself but do um force myself to do fewer miles per day so i had more time to um see stuff take photos and document it would um, would be to do it self-supported and do it at such a ridiculously long distance that um you know if i wanted if i tried doing 70 miles a day every day i would fall apart so um my goal was to do about two marathons a day uh on this run from alaska to florida i love it i mean and for the listener's background, challenging yourself is all relative. So um, <laughs> doing two marathons a day just for me 
like just doing that for one week would be like truly challenging. And, and before we go into the mental aspect of all this, how many days did it take you to actually complete, you know, this new epic challenge you set up? Um, you know, I went in thinking, I, I told everyone, you know, probably 110 days, but, uh, <laughs> secretly I was plotting a hundred days, um, the entire run. So, uh, I didn't have much margin for error because basically the whole, the spreadsheet that I was working from that I had all my overnight towns and, or places kind of in a, an idea of where I wanted to stop each night, um, called for about 98 day run. So I did, I actually did finish in the, like best case scenario which was uh on the 98th day so the the total run took um i started july 31st and i finished uh november 5th so it took me 97 days six hours and um 57 minutes to to reach the southernmost point i i'm just i I ran for four days and it was a life-changing experience so i can't even i can't even fathom it's just it's so unbelievable and I mean, we could we could just talk about that, and I know there's been interviews of that, and, and you're going to do a lot more interviews, and it it shouldn't be understated, but I, I want to tap in, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, like, your big strength, you've figured out the mental side of ultra running uh, probably better than 99% of maybe even the elite field, and I want to, I want to understand better your thought process through, I mean, we could start with bad water, you know, how do you handle suffering? How do you perceive it? How do you get through it? And, you know, when you're in a difficult race, like a bad water and you're hitting mile 96 or whatever, and and it's, you know, 114 degrees out, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you perceive suffering? And then how do you, do you have any tips or tricks on, and how you get through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think the, one of the good things for me is I came into ultra running really not knowing what I was doing. And uh, the first 100 miler I, I did in 2011 might have been the most suffering I've had in an ultra. And so it's actually gotten, as I've gotten a little bit faster over the years, it's actually gotten easier. And the suffering is usually not quite as extreme. So um, so that, you know, I that's one thing I will... Um, that really that helped was I, I started out at such a ridiculous, like I, my, by the end of my first hundred miler, um, I couldn't even, I could barely even walk, let alone, I mean, I, I, I didn't run at all on, you know, past mile 80 and I was limping into the finish and I could not only could I not walk once I sat down and finished those are that, those are hundred, which was my first hundred. Um, you know, I couldn't even really walk for, you know, normally for weeks. So, um, you know, I kind of already started at such a <laughs> suffering mindset, uh, with ultras that, um, you know, when, when I set the course record at Badwater, for example, I was actually, um, there were some miles where I was really pushing myself, um, you know, later in the race and I was just kind of just reaching on to anything I could, uh, to hold on. But, uh, that's the great thing about ultra running is when you're having a good race, a lot of times you're actually not suffering too bad. And, um, but, uh, you know, I think one of the great things about the sport is you surround yourself with other people and you're actually, you know, you're, you're rooting for each other. Obviously, you, you know, you want to be the first person to finish. But um, when you see people around you suffering and getting out of it and solving problems, uh, it makes you it's contagious. And so 
uh, did, like um, just being at Desert Solstice this last weekend, I didn't I didn't really have a great race, but um, just seeing all these people, you know, there are a lot of great performances there on the on the 400 meter track for 24 hours, and you know, seeing those people all kind of suffering together, I think was the reason why so many people had a great race was they just kind of fed off each other. And so that's something I've always kind of tried to do is, uh, feed off other runners, um, you know, in whatever way I can, if, you know, if I see someone ahead of me struggling, sometimes, you know, I'll kind of put the competitive hat on and mm-hmm. say, all right, I need to catch this person. I'm going to run them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times if someone's passing me and I'm the one suffering, it's like, try to hold, like grab onto them, you know, not literally, but just try to like see, just just go into like a um, kind of like a meditative state and just look at their the bottom of their shoes and just yeah. use the bottom of their shoes to carry <laughs> yeah carry match forward. their stride yeah uh, yeah um, I, and I don't want to get off track but what do you think of Camille's performance because I was checking out the 24 hour record I think and I think you've done I think you have like the fifth fast or uh, longest distance ever within a 24 hour race. Is that correct? So you've done slightly like maybe two miles more than her or a mile more. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of her performance? Oh, it was incredible. Uh, yeah, (laughs) she, she can't tell you how many times she lapped me. Uh, well, (laughs) and the, you know, the thing was, that's how I felt at Palmer death, death race, by the way, just to put it in perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, so the thing was she hit, um, you know, like, and I was talking to Zach Bitter as well, who unfortunately had a, some medical items pop up and I think kind of hurt his race. But, um, you know, I was telling him like, you know, what time I split hundred miles at this same race when I got 163 and change. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think at the end she was about, she was probably like three laps away from my distance at desert solstice, which wow. I think is technically the course record, but. Um, so yeah, she was like right on it, but she went about it very differently. She started out a lot faster than me. She was probably, I would say at least probably three or four. I, I can't remember, but she was definitely, um, miles ahead of where I was at 12 hours in the race. So I, I you know, I kind of gave her a hard time and a little inspiration <laughs> at, at the finish. You know, I, I put in a hundred miler and called it quits, but at this year, but I, I told her, well, you know, you're, you're only three laps away from the, you know, outright men's and women's <laughs> distance at the race. And so, um, and, and we agreed that, you know, we, you know, she, I think she, she knows that, uh, she could have gone further. Um, you know, and it's just, you never know until you, you know, she really went for it. And, um, so I think she knows she has a, a better distance in her, um, in the she's, future. She's the nicest person. Like it, she wrote part of the forward of my upcoming, uh, little book that I'm putting out and she was the the first person to respond and she responded with the most writing of everyone. Oh wow. So That's she cool. yeah, she's super nice and yeah. I'm happy for yeah. her and I have a lot of respect for you guys doing that loop. I mean I had trouble mentally dealing with the Palmer Lake. I mean Yeah, you know, I think Palmer Lake was a lot harder than Desert Souls. Like um because the thing about Palmer Lake, well, it's like a what point eight six mile loop. It was dark. Um, I mean, it was kind of snowy, but it was. It's also, you know, yeah, just very, you know, it, uh, like a four hundred meter track. You know, I can't do. I struggle just doing like ten miles on a track for a, like a, a workout. Um, but you know, you get the lights on at night. You get the music going. You get there's a, like an elect, electric feel in the air. I mean, it's. I love them. That's. I love the. 
and you know it's funny there's about there's like probably only about a handful of 400 meter track races in the u.s and yeah. I'm, I'm probably gonna go to just about all of them over the course of a, of a year it's funny because you don't you don't really like it that much but gosh you're talented at them and i i want to go to desert solstice next year just to like so if they they have it on video you can see like hey here's your average typical joe schmo with kids running <laughs> because you guys were all like super athletes and i was even showing my wife we were watching it and jameel live streamed it and did an awesome job with it but i was like do you see these people like hey there are four of the best runners in the whole world that just ran past the screen like and from a relative point of view they all look like they're just kind of taking it easy but there's no there's no like real average person there to put it in perspective <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was it was an incredible year this year um to just to be there and that that was the thing like i knew i wasn't gonna do a whole lot i'm still still kind of in recovery mode still trying to get gears back <laughs> i mean how many miles training. have you done this year i you know I, we were having a joke earlier today uh i'm 155 miles away from hitting 10,000. so i it's december 11th today so I, um I think you know i should you i should get to 10,000 here in a couple of weeks so let's get back to the mental aspect of of what you do best and so if how did you approach, you know, your initial or, or this year's, you know, running across America? Were you breaking it down? How, how far did you break it down? Because you're, I mean, like your first, uh, 2016 event, it seemed like you're doing, you said you did like 70 something miles per day. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did um, you look so at the totality of the day when you were running? Because I mean, I've, I've only done, uh, the Moab 240, four days basically straight. And I looked at it as like, I just looked at every mile as they came up. Like, how do you look when you look all the way across at DC from San Francisco? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, when I, when I ran San Francisco, New York, it was, um, you know, like 72 miles was like pretty much, I mean, it was amazing. Like we, so I had an RV and I never, you know, I, I I have this weird obsession with not staking out like where you, you know, finish the day, get in a car, drive somewhere and then drive back. I, I was very adamant about the RV being parked on the side of the road, which caused more headaches for my crew. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, but You're, yeah, we, we you the know, accounting we, party, you came out. It's all. It's yeah. All good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, I do not want to drive because I knew if we drove somewhere, I wouldn't sleep. Like some people are like, oh, you can sleep in the car. And, you know, I can't do that. Um <laughs> But, uh, so, so the RV, like once we got in a few days into the run, we like, we're basically just hitting 72, 72, 72, you know, wow. plus or minus a, a few miles here or there. Um, but so like, I think about, it was about halfway through the run. Um, I was starting to just like, I don't golf, but like the way I would break down each day, uh, it was just like going into work, like going into work, except like you're working from 4am until six or seven at night. Um, and then you're like having a great meal that someone cooked for you, a massage, and then going to bed and then doing it all over again. And you're really just kind of like on the clock all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you know, I would, I would just kind of, I would break it down like 72 divided by, um, divided by four is 18. So I had 18 holes of golf to do each day and each, each mile was, a, yeah. So like each mile was a shot. 
so wow. I was like, I, I so I kind of just started to see miles as like instead of each mile, it was like four miles. It was more like, you know, a hole. So I was just working on each four mile section, and um, my goal was like every day I would um, stop at the RV for oh 30 to 40 minutes um, to get lunch to sit down for lunch like usually like 40 miles into the day and so I'd be like well I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get the front nine plus one done by noon sit in the RV for a little bit get my feet up eat eat a meal then just get back out on the road uh, and then knock out like a 50k slash eight holes of golf nice and uh so yeah and then um by the time I got to like the upper 60s each day um it was you know i would i look at my watch and i try to time it so i got like to the rv right around dinner time and if i had time like the last four miles of the day i would walk a lot of it and i always call it like walking the 18th green like i, I was yeah i take my hat off look around the sun would usually be going down just kind of like shake my head out and like i'd already kind of be mentally preparing for the next day most most golfers like the 19th hole yeah, right. Where the beer is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the, that was the RV. Although oh, okay. somehow I went, I, I definitely didn't do it key to key. But on that run, I, I somehow didn't have a beer for like ever. Um, but <laughs> which is weird because I, I I don't I don't do that very often. But it's like no beer November. Or I, I forget what what oh, month yeah. it is. Like you oh, did yeah. it just yeah accidentally. Um, yep. So you're breaking this stuff down, like essentially it seems like you're breaking it down by mile. Is that safe to say? Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like by shot. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you took a 5,400 mile run and you went mile by mile. I mean, essentially. Yeah. And the great, well, so that was, you know, the, the, the 18, the 18 times four was like the the slogan I guess I had going for San Francisco and New York. But then this time it was very inconsistent because I usually didn't take like the lunch break. I didn't, I usually just kind of knocked out the miles and with the other great thing about the Alaska highway is there's nowhere to stop all day. So you're just like, well, I get, you know, I, I'll stop to take photos every now and then, but I'm not really going to stop for lunch cause there's nowhere to get lunch. <laughs> so yeah. I just, um, every day was different though, because I was basing it, I was doing each day, uh, it was kind of like a, you know, like a stage race where, you know, some days are really long, some days are shorter. Um, but some days I had to go 75 miles to find a motel or a lodge or some place to camp. Although I didn't have to camp too often. And then some days it was like, well, it would be a hundred miles if to the next big town, but you know, there's like this little tiny cash only motel 20 miles down the road. I guess I'll just stop there. And then I'll go for a longer push the next day type of thing. Um, so it was very inconsistent. And like the first few weeks of the run, I was just so like paranoid about something going wrong because I had very little margin for error with like the distance between sometimes gas stations were over 100 miles apart. Sometimes towns were like six days apart. So I had to be very smart about like knowing what I had for the next week for each uh, the miles each day. Um, but I'll be honest, I got kind of casual once I got into Southern Canada about, um, you know, just getting done for the day and then kind of looking at my, looking at my spreadsheet on my phone and be like, okay, I got 47 miles tomorrow. And like, I didn't even know how how many miles I had the next day until I was done with the day before. And sometimes that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. Cause it, you know, day day by day. Yeah. It was almost, you know, I, I, I put together this plan, like 
months and months before I started the run just to make sure it was possible. And so I was like looking at it for the first time after like not looking at it for months. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'm going I'm running to Moose Jaw today or tomorrow I'm running to uh, Fargo. And so it was so let walk, walk the listener through this. Like I'm just picturing this guy. It's like super sweaty. He has, he, he, he's been running all day. He has a, um, I don't know, like from the perspective of whoever's working at the hotel, like his life's belongings with him in a, in a stroller and you show up, are you like, can I have a hotel room for three hours? Like, like, is that, how, how's that work? How much time are you sleeping and how much does sleep affect your body's recovery and, and the mental reset of getting out there for the next day? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was usually, so, you know, I would usually get done by like a perfect day was, you know, if I had a, you know, I didn't have very many days that were like right around 55 miles, which is my average, but say if I did, you know, have a 55 mile day, uh, I'd started around 6am I'd try to get done by 4pm. Um, you know, about a 10 hour day out on the road, um, with stops and, um, yeah, you know, a lot of times when I, especially when I went into gas stations, people kind of thought I was a homeless guy or, you know, just kind of hanging out outside the gas station, eating, <laughs> eating a, a burger or whatever, a candy bar or drinking a Gatorade or cliff bar. And, um, so that was always interesting. Cause like sometimes if I like would go up to someone and ask them like, Hey, do you know if like motel, like the whatever <laughs> mom and pop motel is like two blocks down this way they'll they just wouldn't even look at me because they just assumed i was oh homeless my gosh. um or like that i was going to ask them for You're money like, or something like no i'm 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 in finance like i, yeah. I... <laughs> yes so wow, it was, it that's was, so crazy yeah it was interesting because like I, i'm not you know i don't consider myself like you know you, you see those youtube videos like um yeah. like some like famous like concert violin player who goes and plays like in the middle of a subway and like i'm not like a world i'm not like meb kofleski here like you know running across america ask like you know i'm, I'm not that well known but it's just funny because yeah it's like people are like oh like like kind of give me a pat on the back like you know i'm special or something and like so, which is fine but like they're just like oh so you're you know what are you raising money for like you know which is great you know a lot of people do that but um it was just, yeah, it's just interesting to see like the, the, the wide reactions I got from people. I mean, um, your perspective on humanity has to be like, yeah, 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 way and out the, there. And, um, and, and, <clears throat> I, and at motels, it was interesting because, um, you know, I, I'd walk into a motel and they would kind of like, sometimes I'd bring the stroller in with me or sometimes I'd leave it outside and they, for some reason, I always thought I had a bike and it was like, do you see a pedals or where to, somewhere to sit and i think that was the another thing they were just so even after i explained to them i was running across america they're like okay well you can put your bike over here or they're like no it's not, it's not a bike <laughs> and like i kind of i just stopped explaining it to people what i was doing um it, but it was always interesting because like i would always whenever i walked in i would i would usually already have a reservation and i would tell them like look i have a reservation i, I have a wallet i have a car credit card like i'm not I'm not asking for a free place to stay. Um, so yeah, Gosh, it was... it's horrible, but also hilarious. Like weird, weird emotion, you know, emotional yeah. reaction. So yeah. I have a serious question, but to start with, like, what was the worst hotel you had to stay at? Cause you're staying at like 
like literally you're in such remote areas there's probably only one like within 100 miles right uh-huh yeah i pretty much up on the alaska highway i stayed at most of the like <laughs> that's why it was interesting because it was um usually whatever option i had was like the only option for you know 50 70 miles or or so and um so yeah i was just kind of staying at wherever but the, you know the alaska highway out in that remote area i mean there were some like pretty junky places to stay like literally just like a like a um kind of like a just like a little mobile home really like with a bunch of little like rooms inside of it and that you know it said motel on the outside but it's really just like a, a trailer with rooms and really wow. no 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 amenities just kind of like a camp yeah. um but um i think you know the thing up, up there though is it's just you're in such a beautiful area you don't even really care um i think the shadiest place i stayed was uh in let's see it was south bay and in you know, you hear the word South Bay, like, oh, it must be like a nice area in like Miami. No, it's South Bay is like, um, <laughs> in Florida is it, uh, right. is right. It's on the Southern part of Lake Okeechobee. And it's a very, unfortunately a very poor area. And is that I like salute your shorts? Uh, <laughs> Lake, o- Lake o- Okeechobee. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and, Sorry. um, I, I stayed, I stayed at this place and it was, uh, most places were not cash only. Like, I didn't have to do cash only very often, but this place was cash only, and it was just like, I, my my friend Brad Lombardi came over and we hung out in my room for a few hours, just kind of chatting, and it was just a very very sketchy area. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was, yes. and it was right off the highway, and it was just, I couldn't wait to get out of there the next morning. Like, did they ask you how many hours you wanted the hotel room for? And Al- that... Almost, almost. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Um, and, and you camped a lot of times, I'm assuming, right? Did you? Just a, yeah, just a few times up on the okay. Alaska highway. Um, okay. I've had a tent, tent with me the whole way in case something fell through. Like a lot of times I do, a lot of times the motels I was staying at, I didn't know, like a lot of times they're not on Google maps or don't really have a very, like they're not on Expedia either. And so, um, I would, you know, a lot of times I just wouldn't know if they were going to be open until I got there. So I brought a tent with me and an inflatable pillow. And that's the only mm-hmm. camping gear I really had. And so, so mentally, if you're, regardless of what race this is, whether it's mile 75 at Badwater or mile 1000 trying to go across the United States or it's a loop, I don't know. At, <laughs> Uh, Palmer death race or there's mile 50 at the Palmer death race um if you get a blister or like let's say your IT band starts bugging you how do you mentally handle the situation because you clearly know whether it's an injury or not like do you have sort of a checklist of what you do or like how do you know if something's serious or this is just a cramp because, I mean, I have trouble and I've done, I don't know, like 20 some odd ultras. You've done a ton more than that. Like, do you have a protocol at all? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, that's a good thing. A good point. Like, I, it's all like these runs like from Alaska to Florida. It's all about risk management. I really did. I did have like a, a little a little note saying like, you know, what if X happens? Like, what if you and, and most of it's more so about like dangers outside of injuries like usually i've been pretty good about dealing with physical things like i don't really blister on roads because my i have such thick calluses on certain parts of my feet that like 
blisters just don't aren't a thing unless I'm on like really gnarly trail. Sometimes I get blisters because um, I just don't run them as very as much. But uh, yeah, and like I don't really get. Um, I think my legs. I, I just put in so many miles these last several years that I don't really get like your run of the mill injuries, like um, your typical like road marathon injuries. I get mostly like tightness and it's and it, a lot of times it's not necessarily like a straight up injury but like just like my achilles would be tight or inflamed and a lot you know it's amazing what the body can do um recover while you're running so you know a lot of people ask like do you do did you do like ice baths every night and i like i never used ice once on this entire run <laughs> um i never really do i'd stretch a little bit i wish i stretched more um but i think it's a lot of it just comes down to uh, having done the run across America two years ago and then um, just all the high mileage training I've been doing kind of kind of just, I think, put my body in a place where it was used to ha- having to recover, um, you know, in hours to, to run again the next day. Yeah, but, yeah, like, go ahead, there, go ahead. There, yeah, there was like a lot of risk management. I had like, OK, so you get on a road that has no shoulder, high traffic. What do you do? Like. You know, like stop, <laughs> um, get off the road. <laughs> Think about like, does it seem like you're at a high traffic time? If so, you know, maybe just hang out there for an hour or two until traffic dies down, or just you know walk slowly on the grass until traffic. Yeah. You know, don't don't like get ahead of yourself. You know, a lot of times people, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment with running, they just like kind of like that syndrome of like someone passes you in a race and like you know you're faster than that person. Like, don't get sucked into like trying to pass them back. Like just run your own race, run your own day. You know, it's all about, you know, getting to Key West. It's not about, you know, finishing in time so you can have two beers instead of one at the end of the day (laughs) type of thing. Um, so yeah, that, you know, there was a lot of like different little risk management strategies I had with like, if something popped up, you know, like, or if there was wildlife on the road, like I had bear spray on top of the stroller or, um, you know, like just like know what you're going to do in advance if something happens. So that like when you get there, you're not like, oh shoot, what do I do now? And and then it's too late, type of thing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And how many hours were you actually sleeping? Like I've sort of dealt with this, but it was much more like you have two hours, go sleep if you can. Like what's running through your mind? How do you approach sleep? You know, during a run across the United States, um, how much like were you actually able to sleep and? I'm guessing it got better. Like by the end, you were you're able to just fall asleep immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm honestly not the, best, the world's best sleeper, which is something I need to work on for um, multi day races. Like I'm, I've kind of gotten the six day bug. Uh, but um, yeah, for you know, for running across America in 2016, I had just enough time. Uh, like I was usually out on the road 14 or 15 hours a day. So like you know, by the time I had a shower and dinner. Um, I usually had a good eight hour window to get enough, some sleep. Usually I only got about six or seven hours, but it was enough. Yeah. That's um, nice. That's and really then nice. on this run, like if I want, I, I don't know why, but I, you know, I'd get, I got like, I didn't use social media really ever. Um, when I ran San Francisco and New York, I just didn't have time. Uh, but this run I got, I honestly, like I had three or four more hours a day. And so I had like a, I usually had like a 12 hour window to get, all the sleep I wanted, but for whatever reason, I was farting around on social media or like watching TV sometimes if I had a TV or catching up on the world. And like, I still only got like six, seven hours sleep because I was just so 
I just I just wasn't <laughs> too yeah. concerned about about you know getting eight or nine hours of sleep. I knew I was addicted to my phone when I I took a forty five minute nap at at Moab, and I was dreaming that I was like flipping through my phone, like my <laughs> my brain was going through like withdrawal or something. It was, oh, it's terrible. It was pretty bad. I'm it, finally starting to get to a point where I'm like I can just put my phone away and not think <laughs> about it for you know at least like five or six hours sometimes. But yeah, it's terrible. Like I hate I hate looking at my phone. It's I wish I was better at just like tossing it into the water somewhere (laughs) (laughs) um so do you have limits how do you perceive limits like in your own head you've done there's probably only literally a handful of people in the whole world that have ever done the type of distances that you've done like i assume you like testing yourself with distance as opposed to speed at least that's been my current obsession for three years um like is that is that sort of what you're testing yourself and like how do you perceive limits do you think you could run around the united like run around the world if if you had enough time and resources like just walk me through just any kind of general thoughts on those topics oh yeah like well you know one thing one thing i like to always talk to friends about is like mars and like if you were just like magically this amazing astronaut, would you would you sign up to go to Mars? I don't know how many years it would take to get or how long it takes to get there, but I just always picture it taking like two years to get there. And like I, I've always joked with a friend of mine about having like this intergalactic, be the first hundred mile intergalactic <laughs> inter uh, planet, I guess, uh, yeah. race race uh, racing race director. And so I no, I, I love uh, I love going just like beyond what you know anyone can even fathom and you know including myself um so no i you know i think if i i i told um i told some friends when i got to key west that uh, in november um i felt pretty good and i you know i said if it weren't for winter um needing to go back to work and having a wife i would totally run back to alaska like i just nice. i love i love <laughs> I love people like that's one of my favorite um, thought process is like always being thirsty for more and never being um, I've kind of I've kind of become comfortable with the fact that like I've my wife, I think, saw it before I did. Like when I first started thinking about running across America, I thought and I'll do it when I'm like 50 or 60 years old, you know, maybe retired. Um, but no, you know, she, she's like, no, you're going to go for it sooner than that. And so um and then when you finish it, you're going to want to do something else. And then you're going to want to do something else. So, of course, I want to do something else, I'm sure, again someday. But I don't know when that day will ever come. But, um, no, I, yeah, I love it. Like, if there was a surefire way to run across Russia and, you know, I had the time, the resources, and <laughs> ability to get away, I'd do it. Because I, um, I, take, I take pleasure in, like, just being kind of more of, more of a pioneer. And so that's kind of what I look for in ultra running. You know, I'd love, I'd love to compete, uh, I, but, you know, I think a lot of that com- competitive spirit is more on display with things like key to key and, um, you know, wanting to maybe someday go for like a 24-hour American record, although it's it, it's a, a tall order. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm always, I always want to stretch what, what people what, think is possible. What is possible? What What are your limits? I don't know. I mean, ultra running, that's the beautiful thing is there really, 
There really are none. Um, I mean, there are, you know, obviously <laughs> limits in speed, but in distance, it really, I don't think there are. Um, I think, you know, I've seen other, I've seen, I feel like I, I've been around just such an array of different incredible feats over the years and being able to witness things like that. And that was my number one objective going to desert solstice last weekend was just to see, uh, people like Camille, mm -hmm. um, uh, Courtney, Zach, Pat, uh, and all the people that were out there was just to kind of be witness to that and use this inspiration for 2019. That's awesome. I mean, from my middle of the pack perspective, I've, I've sort of concluded the same thing. Like if you have enough, I, I think the two constraints are time and resources. So um, if you have unlimited funding and unlimited time, like I think, uh, yeah, distance is sort of just up to you to decide if you're willing to continue forward. Uh, I think that's amazing. You've really, really tested the boundaries. I mean, I, I'm still blown away at everything you've done. Um, and since we've competed against each other at one race, I have to ask you, did it get cold at Palmer Death Race? Okay, I I didn't have a crew. I didn't have really anyone there and had to make a call at, like, I don't know, 2 a.m. Was, yeah, was that harder I, than it should have been? Like, I'm, I feel... I don't know, like self-conscious, like I, that was my first 24 hour event and I, I stopped at 17 hours or something like that. Yeah, no, it, it was, uh, Is that altitude? It, yeah, well the altitude was tough for me, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, we were over 7,000 feet, you know, and it's not like 7,000 feet will kill you, but it's, you know, being up that high that long. Um, yeah, it was, it was hard because it's so dark and it was, I, I mean, I stopped at 21 hours, and, you know, there were some people that stayed out all 24, but... You stopped um, at 21 hours? You did 120 and won it? Um, wow. Yeah, I think, I, I think okay. yeah, it was, it was 21 or 20, yeah, because I had three hours, because um, I went I went to <laughs> a gas amazing. station. <laughs> I, wanted to, yeah, I sat in my car to warm up, and then I, I, I thought about going back out at, like, 23 hours, but I, I, I decided to go to a gas station to get a shower, and I came back, and I was just like, eh, I think I'll just watch, and so... Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time though. I, you know, the, the, one of my favorite, um, you know, it's such a cheap race to enter and it was like my favorite, uh, like award I've ever I gotten know, was like that big race or a big, uh, like wrestling belt. They WWF gave. belt. That was, yeah. my, that was my follow-up question. I mean, have you worn it? Be honest. Oh, yeah. I wear it all the time. Like Do you wear it around wear the it. office. Well, I, I don't, I don't work. I work from home, but yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> Do you wear it on your shoulder, or do you put it around your belt? Both, both, both. When I'm out, when I'm out in public, it looks a little cooler if it's around my shoulder, though. <laughs> That's how you need to show up to every race from now on. Oh yeah, just like with, like WWF style, showing up in the ring, like defending title. That actually, you know, that's a good point. Like, well, and I'm trying to think about because you know I've I've done about I think 19 or 20 hundred plus mile races, and so I'm trying to think like. Usually get a belt buckle at each one. I'm trying to think like, how, can I like yeah. get some like get some yarn and like tie them all together, and also like throw that around on my other shoulder and like just like show up at a race. Just, <laughs> yeah, throw it like literally have to throw it down, <laughs> like almost borderline. I don't know medieval knight suit with all your belt buckles. I mean that Did... goes a, that goes a lot longer than putting you know all the bumper stickers on your car because you're like 
no one does no one sees you getting out of your car but they see it showing up you know at your like your aid station t- um table <laughs> <laughs> so uh pete is there a 5400 bumper sticker do you like do you have a bumper sticker at all uh, I just got a new car. Uh, I ditched ditched my 2002 Dodge Neon, so um, I need. A, I have a ton of awesome stickers from races, so I'm gonna start putting. But no, I don't have a 5400 uh, <laughs> sticker quite yet. <laughs> See, I, I'm still trying to figure out a way to utilize the 0.0 one. Mm-hmm. Do you? How do you feel about the 0.0? Does it offend you? Do you think it's funny? No, I think it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I you know to each their own so i you know i, nice. if I because i that's that's kind of like my mentality honestly with running sometimes is like i i, I always consider myself like the non-runner runner so and i still kind of do like i kind of like whenever i show up to a race like for some reason i i like oh all these i'm gonna beat all these runners and like even though i train just as much as anybody else it's like I've always kind of had that like <laughs> running, like a love hate relationship with running, and like I'm just here because like I just want to like get to the finish line sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. My favorite part of your story is you lost 50 pounds. Like, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what I lost, and that unlocked running for me. You were probably still able to run while weighing a little bit more, but yeah, that's that's our common bond. Like, seriously, besides Palmer Lake and you crushing the heck out of it. Um, so, just shifting slightly back, because um, I could talk about all these little fun one-offs, like, all night with you. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think through, when you're on the side of the road, because I, I really do want to kind of tap into um, the mental aspect of what you've really figured out. Um if you're on the side of the road, do you have a trick to pull your pull yourself out of a low? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's all the, yeah, I, I think it's the just the experience and the, like you, you've been here before. I, I I love that because like you know your first ultra marathon and you see other people doing their first ultra at some race and you're like, they're just like looking around clueless like oh my gosh, like my, my, my calf is cramped. Like how do I solve this issue or something? And no, I love it. And like, I, I almost sometimes take pleasure in like things going wrong because I know yes. usually how to, how to fix them. And so, totally. yeah. um, especially your like stuff like, like Palmer, like, you know, it's not a huge, like the, the race that we did, it was, it's not like a really important race. So it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of relish in the fact that, you know, like, oh man, I like my, like I got that, like my foot is like completely soaked. I need to, I don't have extra shoes. Like, how am I going to get my feeling back in my toes? Like it's, it's kind of fun to, I think, go to those places and then come back out of it and then tell all your friends about it over a beer afterwards. Totally. Yeah. And, I and, and, and I hate, like I I have DNF before and I hate it so much that, um, I think I'm at a point where it's like, I got to at least, you know, you know, I, I don't, I, I, ha, I usually go to races now with an A, B, C, sometimes D goal. And I got to reach that, at least that D goal or else I know I'm just going to like, and that's what I did at Desert Soul since I got my hundred miles and, and called it. But, but yeah. uh, so, you know, if I don't reach that D goal, I know I'm just like, I'm going to be miserable and like, I'm, I'm going to be so upset at myself for, you know, calling it quits when I know I could have at least reached that D goal as opposed to like when I was younger, 
I would go into a race with an A goal and not really anything left, any other goals. And so when start, stuff started to go wrong, I would just get, I would just go into panic mode, which um, I think being able to not go into panic mode is another huge benefit of experience with ultra running. That is gold right there. Like if, if you're listening right now, re- rewind and go back, <laughs> listen to that again. Cause most people see it as a binary outcome. It's either like a good race or a bad race. And I think you've, that's a great mental trick. I've never heard anyone say that they have, I mean, I don't even think the U S military has a beyond a plan C. So, uh, <laughs> um, I, that's really, that's cool. Having a, a D type mentality, like worst case, like at least I can live with myself if I hit my D goal. Uh, uh-huh. that's cool. I really like that. So and I appreciate you taking all the time. I'm going to ask you one last question, then I'll hit you with some quick questions and call it a day here. Um, what's flow like for you? How do you how do you describe to someone that maybe you know they've done done a few marathons or half marathons, maybe a few 50ks? Like, what is flow to you? Is it important? Do you ever get too amped up? Like, a good song comes up. Like, are you able to control? Um, your energy level's not going too fast and bringing yourself down, you know, keeping yourself up. And then when you hit that flow state of mind, kind of describe that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's more like, I think in, in marathon and below, it's all about looking at your watch and like saying, all right, what was my split? What was my split and ultra running? It's really just being so comfortable with knowing, how you feel and like how much effort you're putting forth and not even looking at your watch. And I think that's like the biggest thing I try to teach people is like, if you think you might be going too fast, you're without a doubt going too fast, unless it's like the final like push to the finish. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, like, I usually like to get into a state of mind where I'm not really, you know, people are like, what do you think about all day when you're running? And like, well, you know, I think I just like if you're sitting at a, you know, like a, a desk job, like you're you're, you're kind of like, you know, you're or, or if you're just like watching TV, like I'm kind of just in a zone where I'm I'm thinking about everything really. And um, I, I think me- there is a lot to be said about how much energy you're putting out from your like in a mental standpoint, like if you're freaking out about, you know, being 10 minutes behind your goal pace and still being tired, like more fatigued than you thought then you're just going to use more and more energy mentally and it's going to affect your your running so i like to just always no matter how bad the situation is always try to find a positive um whether it's like knowing that okay everyone out here is struggling it's a really crappy day for weather like everything's gone out the window but always just like keeping a positive outlook um which, you know, I, I've gone away from a lot, many times uh, in races, unfortunately, but I think I've gotten a lot better about it uh, the last year or two. And just because, um, you know, if you hit a negative button, you're just going to spiral downward, literally, like you're just not going to you're not going to be where you like where you want to be. That's really in every facet of running. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a really fascinating point, like. Like basically being able to turn your brain off. I mean, that's a that's a one of your body's muscles that's utilizing energy. So if you can turn your brain off a little bit, 
mean, essentially, are you saving energy? I mean, that's, I've never thought about it from that perspective. Um, you, you have a lot of really cool insights. I'm, and one of my questions was actually going to be, what do you think about? And, <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times people have asked me that question, but your distances are exponentially longer than, you know, even the, you know, the tiny, tiny percentile of people that have done hundred milers. So, um, so it's interesting. It's, it almost doesn't change. It's just, you're out there a lot longer doing it day in, day out. Um, and so last question before I get into this, uh, little quicker question routine, like how do you handle the monotony of, of being, you know, in day 107, do you have a mental approach for, because a lot of times like a runner will be at mile 47 of a hundred miler and like the totality of the race becomes kind of overwhelming. Are you ever kind of gauging where you are relative to your overall goal? Or are you just hyper-focused on, as you say, like that next golf shot, that next mile? Yeah. I I mean, for me, it's, it's counting up. Um, and that was the, that was kind of like one of the biggest differences between running San Francisco and New York where I was counting down the whole way. You know, I was counting up each day, but like in the grand scheme of things, I was like counting down the States, counting down the miles, but from Kenai to Key West, um, my mentality was like, I don't even care how many miles left I have. I'm just counting up. And so, um, like, yeah, like if you're at 47 of a hundred mile ultra, you're not even halfway there, but it's like, well, you've run 47 miles. And so just keep clicking off miles. And then, you know, I, I, I play games like where, you know, I'm say I'm at mile 55 and I'm like, well, I've, I've got 10 fewer miles to go than what I've already done. Or like, you know, and when I go one more mile, it's actually, you know, two fewer miles than what I've already done. And, and just mind games like that, uh, whenever I hit a low, um, and it, it usually works. I, mean, I use a trick when I'm like at the end of an ultra, I, I put out my hands and I count down the miles with my fingers so I can like oh, yeah. physically feel it. But for you, I mean, one hand could be a thousand miles for each <laughs> finger. So yeah. I don't know if that actually helped. Um, <laughs> uh, so just moving on to some quick questions. I mean, I have to ask toe socks or no toe socks. Have you tried them? Do you think I'm weird for asking you that? Yeah, I'm wearing toe socks right now. I, yes. I kind of go in between. Like I, I, I like toe socks, but yeah, like I, I, for some reason I just, I'm so, I've gotten to a point where I'm so immune to blisters. It doesn't even really matter, but yeah, I do love toe socks. Do you use squirrels, nut butter like directly on your toes and just like slather it on or, or how do you do that? Do you yeah, put anything I, on your feet? Yeah. You know, I, I, historically I hadn't really done much of that, but I did wear the, I think it's like the happy toes they have. And I, I wear, would put that on my feet every day and it, yeah, it works great. I love it. It feels feel so good and um and you know i think more so for me it's about skin rep like repairing my skin more so than like preventing blisters um so yeah good stuff that's interesting and so uh, what type of shoe do you go to when you're running across the united states Uh, i've always kind of been a clifton guy uh hoka one one and um i've really started like the, the the bond the bondi as well um it's a little bit bigger, a little heavier, but, um, it's, it's just amazing for like Uber long distance and recovery. So, and I feel like I have to always be in recovery mode these days. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Do you wear any compression gear? 
sometimes sometimes you'll see me wearing like compression socks while I'm running. Um, but I don't like do really any compression like after I'm done running. Yeah. And do you have like a a vest? You probably don't even wear a vest because you have the stroller for most of your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do you have like a go to vest or I don't know any other like extra gear that you would um, go to? Yeah, I like um, like when I'm racing. I've always kind of done handhelds, like um, Nathan handhelds, um, are usually what I go to for like for race like for races. Yeah, I mean those are solid. They've been uh-huh. really very nice to to me, and and I really like their vests too. Um, so I mean, do you use a GPS watch when you're running? Key to oh, key? absolutely. I mean. Are you, so you actually have it on your wrist? I mean, is your wrist radioactive or anything after how many days? A hundred days straight, <laughs> all day, every day? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, well, I guess I guess I'm a I'm a good guinea pig for a lot of different like scenarios. <laughs> like, does this cause cancer? Does this cause cancer? <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I wear. I'm uh, I'm obsessed with putting my miles on Strava. I'll even put it on like indoor function when I do if I do a treadmill run um which you know it, it, it goes based on like the your cadence so it, usually it's off a little bit but yeah I'm, I'm all about um always every single mile being logged on Strava I mean it, it didn't happen if it's not there so that's right I, I forgot my watch at work the other day and I felt I literally felt like I was running naked Oh no! Did you, did you use your phone you could always like use like the Strava um app. I I left my phone at my desk and uh. then didn't have my watch and he's and i was like you know what three miles i can do this and yeah. honestly my perceived effort and pace was probably better than like if i had a watch on but i literally felt like it was one of those running the bear i i forget what those races are called but yeah it was a weird feeling you should try it just go out for like a 5k oh, with, no. without it just try it yeah yeah you'll, you'll feel with, yeah. you'll feel a little bit of freedom yeah, well, I wore I actually wore one for all of Desert Solstice, so you'll see like a nice like hundred mile all on four hundred meter track run uh, <laughs> on Strava for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I'm just amazed at at everything you've been able to accomplish, and you know, at the parents that are listening, the fact that you just rolled a stroller for fifty four hundred miles is phenomenal. I don't think you'll get this question very often. But I've experienced firsthand, you know, pushing a toddler around in a stroller while running. Was your hand, like, raw from holding the actual stroller? Because, like, I – trust me, I'm not doing any anywhere near the miles you're doing. And my hand was even, you know, having, like, the black rubber kind of uh, rub off on it. Like, was your hand bleeding from holding a 70-pound stroller for – 100 days straight yeah a little bit uh i have i had pretty good calluses like you know like i like you're playing like softball or baseball kind of like the or lifting weights like those type of calluses on my hands um i would say the worst thing though is like you know when i started the run i was usually using my left hand to steer but then once i got into more populated areas i noticed i was almost all day pushing with my right hand swinging with my left swinging my arm and i think because it was easier to steer the the stroller off the road with my right hand if I was running against traffic, um, if, if a car didn't get out of the way. But yeah, long story short, my like my shoulder, my right shoulder is just really tense a lot of the times. 
uh, a lot when I'm on a run. So I've been like massaging the heck out of it these last this last month. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine. Like I I did maybe a 20 mile a week with a stroller at one point and like rubbed my hand not like raw. So uh, I have nothing to complain about. So I got three last kind of quick questions. What's your favorite state and least favorite state or province? Yeah. Um, you know, after experience that, experiencing a whole bunch of different states. I would say the Alaska and the Yukon were my favorite. Um, just because it was like such, it was just, it was just so challenging because it was so remote, so beautiful. And just like I was up there and I'm like, yeah, this is like, like, you know, it kind of, I mean, it was almost like crunch time early. It's like the, you know, the last couple minutes of a, a big game, like, but you play it at the beginning because it was just like, all right, you make it through these two, you're going to be set up for the rest of the run type of thing. Um, but then, oh, worst state. Gosh, I hate to label a worst state, but I pro- I'm not going to be that person that doesn't. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, Alabama. All right, I loved Alabama. I met some great people in Alabama. I had a lot of fun, like being, uh, you know, everywhere I went, I considered myself like a temporary resident. So I was a Alabama Crimson Tide fan for four days. And uh, <laughs> but it, the shoulders in Alabama were just a nightmare. I, I was, I honestly thought I was gonna, I, I had like a ten percent chance of dying in that state because they, the stroll, that it was just really high traffic, really narrow shoulders. Um, very dangerous. So I, would, I guess I guess I'd have to label Alabama just as like the bumpy. Sh- it's nothing against any listeners from Alabama. It's clearly no. just you need to make your shoulders a little wider. Um, yeah, and less rumble strips. There's like <laughs> the I call it the RSO, uh, the RSO state, rumble strip only state, and 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 it wasn't even wide enough for a stroller. I, yeah, if I would have known I had that, I would would have been a little more scared going into Alabama. <laughs> so. Best food story, worst food story. Are you taking supplements? I mean, you're out there for months running. Are you taking vitamins? I mean, do you have the, I, I don't know, Flintstone vitamin pack for? No, uh, yeah, I was taking, um, I was taking iron and vitamin C mostly just because um, I had been anemic a couple of years ago, so I always take that just um, in general, but. I, yeah, I didn't really do much for supplements. Um, I, I, I came really close to accepting, uh, Enduralites from a friend of mine, a, a new friend of mine in Alaska. Like i am never forget on day three. And then like when he came, I was texting him and, uh, Wes, I met him on the plane ride into Anchorage and he's like, all right, I'll bring you some Enduralites. And like, I was like, oh crap, I forgot. Like I'm self-supported. I can't take that. Like I want to stay true to my self-supported status and like obviously i can't just buy enduralites on course so like if he brought them out to me yeah so so i told him no and long story short i bought a salt shaker and i was just like eating salt straight from the salt shaker um to to keep my to keep my salt levels up um that that was about i I wish there's video of that just like oh yeah like i know hoka did a really cool video everyone can check that one out on youtube but just like you, like, I'd love a video of you just showing up at a hotel, like, hey, like, do you have any rooms available? Like, after, <laughs> like, a bad day, like, it just has to be so real, like, as opposed to, I don't know, being able to jump in a car and, you know, take off DNF, you know, during a bad day normally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, food-wise, I mean, what was, like, your best food experience? Like, did you walk through a 
Taco Bell drive through Like, was there any <laughs> kind of like, what, what do I not know that happened that was just kind of like a cool food story that probably made you really happy or really sad? I don't know. Um, gosh, I, I, you know, I had a lot of, oh, so I think the best food story was I was up in Alaska. Um, it was, I stayed in some cabins up there and I had a bunch of like, um, I, 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 it was like, it's kind of almost staying at someone's house. Like they had cabins outside, but it was like a lodge that they lived in and you could like hang out in there. And, um, this family, I, I remember I, I had dinner with them, uh, and I sat down at their table and it was like, I was like their guest of honor and it was like they had, they had relatives in town and it was like nine of us at this, you know, full kitchen table. And it was just, it, it was just a lot of fun. It was like, you know, you, I just kind of like found myself at dinner with, um, strangers and it was kind of a, kind of a cool thing and got to, got to share stories with them. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Are you allowed back in Canada after this? I'm just. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, just double checking. Okay. Um, Want to end, and I, I truly appreciate all the time. I could talk to you all night about this. You you must have so many stories. So I hope you hit up every podcast in the world because you've had so many experiences and just what you've done is truly amazing. Especially, I'm inspired from the middle of the pack because you know it's you're not throwing down too many uh, you know sub three-hour marathons you're kind of how you described it like what you say like you're you don't even like really consider yourself an elite ultra marathoner or something to that effect like i just i love how you are are humble about it yet can just run forever and you're truly limitless um i i find it very inspiring no, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, that's the, what I love to tell people is like, and I love to tell my story kind of like all the way from the beginning, you know, just being kind of like a average runner in high school and never, you know, just, I, I just love, I love running. I love, um, pushing my limits and, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I, you know, running's taken me so many places. I never thought it would, um, just geographically and, and the friends I've met. And so it's, it's been just an incredible ride. So, last question tonight: What are what are your goals? Do you have goals? Do you find it difficult after accomplishing what you have to get inspired to train? Because, I mean, I'm nowhere near what you you've done. But after Moab 240, I, I had a lot of trouble really getting excited for that next goal and get myself out to train. Um, so I can't imagine. Uh, trying to pick out that next ambitious goal for you like what are your goals and i mean do you have trouble getting excited for stuff after what you've accomplished oh not at all i'm i'm just like i'm so excited about um getting back into racing um and uh yeah my goals you know 2019 i'm really excited about uh i think it's gonna be a great year i finally feel like i'm like turned a corner where as like these last two years I've kind of been all about running across America <laughs> and running across North America <laughs> and I never I, I was kind of on the cusp of like full full recovery slash starting to race good right before I did this key night at Key West and I've, I've I'm kind of back where I need to do um a couple of months of getting gears back but I feel good about 
um, hitting 2019 in stride and um, focusing on some 24-hour races, um, bad water, some trail races, hopefully, finally. Um, nice. I was joking with someone, I haven't signed up for a race that was scheduled to be scheduled to be because <laughs> you know 24 hour races you can stop whenever you want but yeah um i haven't i haven't started a race that was supposed to be under 100 miles since um 2015 so um <laughs> i'm you know it's three years later it's almost 2019 so i'm like really excited to um get some speed back but then also me you know also i want to give the six day racing multi-day racing a a hard go this summer so yeah There's, it's gonna be exciting so that's that's milwaukee or wisconsin right uh-huh yep in uh august so i got i got about eight months you know i've, I've seen some big names sign up for that is that getting bigger it seems like it is i mean yeah it you know it filled up super fast but yeah it's got a good great field um including some some um people across the pond coming over for it so it should be a lot of fun and i i told i left this out uh, best recovery tips because you of all people how do you recover is there one single thing that you go to for recovery it seems like massage uh is there like a food trick that you have you know recovery better than probably anyone yeah i think it's um recover right <laughs> yeah i used to do that I, I haven't really i don't you know i honestly don't really do um i've always kind of you know my vegetarian friends can cover their ears but um, I, I was kind of vegetarian for a while and I, I, you know, I, I preach, you know, I, I eat steak because, um, because I, I get low hemoglobin sometimes with my, all my training, but, um, no, I, you know, I think it's, it's just getting a lot of protein, um, in your diet. Uh, you know, I guess I get, I'm really good about getting my feet up after I run, um, just, you know, just be lazy. Like, don't like if you can. You know, if you go on a twenty mile, twenty plus mile run, just uh, you know, don't don't try to like be a hero and go for a bike ride with the kids right afterwards. Like, just kind of be selfish and sit on the couch for a while and uh, <laughs> let yeah. your body. And I don't really do like I, I'm much. I'm I've kind of always been like a natural recoverer. Like I've I did massage after each day running across America in 2016. But other than that. Um, I don't really do any like ice or things that I tr that to try to speed up recovery. I, I, I like to let the body kind of just do its own thing and, um, no, foam you know, rolling. It, no, not really. I do, you know, very seldomly, um, I like to stretch, but other than that, um, you know, it, I, I, and the thing I, I've always kind of self coached myself as far as training, um, which I like cause like. You know, I'm two days out of desert solstice, but I, I want to start running again tomorrow. And, um, you know, if it didn't feel right, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, you know, be, I'd be fine taking a whole week off. But, you know, if you feel fine, you know, kind of go by feel sometimes rather than a strict, uh, strict training schedule. Well, Pete, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I, I appreciate you taking so much time and yeah, I want to stay in touch, especially if you're in Ohio, I might actually, I'm thinking about Mohican. I, I'm tight on vacation days and with the triple crown of 200s um and a 10-year anniversary with my wife i'm stretching you, i'm stretching these vacation days are, are you doing that in 2019 the triple yeah yeah you oh, should awesome. you of all people might be uh very talented at 200s just as a thought um 
one of these days. Having been passed by you repeatedly, I'm still I'm so glad I didn't elbow you and knock you down by accident there. <laughs> you know I'd, I'd still be receiving hate mail probably right now. Well, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't. I go I go down pretty easily, honestly. I'm sadly enough I'm, I don't have much upper body, so. <laughs> I mean I. It's not very often a gazelle runs past you like and <laughs> brushes on your right arm. Right. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be able to try to get a belt myself at Palmer Lake. Maybe five-year goal. Uh, yeah. Well, I won't be there this year, so you go take care of it for uh, me, please. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Got to surprise them. All right. Well, Pete, where can people uh, follow you on social media? Oh uh, yeah, um, I, I I love Instagram. So like, just my name, Pete Kostelnik, on Instagram. Um, I, on Facebook, a lot of times I put, you know, it's it's Pete's feet across America, F E E T across America, and I like to post. I, a lot of times, I'll just post funny things on there, and, um, and yeah, on Strava, I, I post all my runs there. So if you're ever wondering what I'm up to from a training perspective, I like like to do that. So it's it's a lot of fun. Well, I, I enjoyed it. You know, feel free next time you're in Denver, if you want to go for, uh, I could probably only do 50 miles, but yeah, I'd be, uh, happy to go explore the trails with you whenever. So appreciate you, uh, joining me on the podcast and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Rob. Thanks. And that's episode 71. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thanks again to Pete for taking all that time. Big thank you again to the 2018 season two sponsors so hammer nutrition sufferfest beer destination trail and exoskin you guys have been huge supporters hopefully i can have all you guys on for 19 we'll see and big thank you to the patreon supporters i have a another episode coming up here shortly so stay tuned a little surprise drop here shortly for you guys get you through the holiday enjoy it enjoy your training <laughs>